Blog Talk Radio. Bringing you excellent entertainment from the king of DC media. Here's the Inside Acting Radio Show. Good evening, good evening, everyone. This is William Powell. Welcome to the Inside Acting Radio Show. Tonight on the line, I have uh, Marquita Garns of the ECE Talent Agency, and I see she's on the line, so let me bring her on in. Good evening. Hello. Hello. Good evening, Marquita. Hi, William. How are you? Pretty good. Pretty good. Thanks for coming on the show. Thank you for the invite as well. Fantastic. Fantastic. Okay, so we're just going to jump right in and tell us a little bit about how ECE Talent Agency got started. Well, we actually started back in 2006. We were an entertainment company, and of course, as time went by, we did start representing models actresses and then we also work with entertainment so as of now it actually has built where we do expand and we work with community and um, musicians so we've actually expanded over time since 2006 so now we have some a full service talent agency to date okay wow that's that's awesome that's awesome so you've been in business 10 years that's that's fantastic that's great that's great so you got to tell me, how does it work when you're starting out as a new talent agency? How do you establish a track record? The first thing, well, basically you want to make sure, you know, you do represent the talent um, that's skilled, you know, that's professional because that's going to basically what builds a rapport once you send talent out in the field. Um, so the main thing is working on the talent that you do represent um, and look into to make sure that they're prepared when they do go out onto any projects. Um, any gigs or things of that nature because, one, that kind of starts the ball rolling because you want to make sure that you get um, the word out. You know, people basically book a talent. They do a great job, and that reflects on the talent also on the company as well, where, again, you know, with any business, it's word of mouth. So they'll say, hey, you know, we booked a talent through ECE Talent Agency. They are very professional. You know, they did a great job, you know. So definitely you're going to be the first go-to when we have any other projects. And then, of course, you know, through referral and then as we grow our talent database, as far as networking, you know, going to different events and things of that nature, it honestly just spreads through there. And then on the back end, of course, you know, taking care of the networking, promotion, advertising, and things of that nature. But it's basically definitely building that rapport in the industry, you know, that you do have professional talent or professional staff that you're dealing with. Absolutely, absolutely. So what are some of the more high-profile projects that you've cast? We cast actually for a lot of uh, the feature independent films. As of recently, we've cast for Barbershop 3. We've cast for Legion. Um, we've done basically all this series. We've had talent do callbacks for that, so they've been on every series for that. But basically across the board um, with Fast and the Furious, we've had talent in that as well. So we do all across as far as featured films, you know, even small things as commercials for um, Toyota, things like your print ads for Morgan Stanley. So in all aspects of it, whether it's TV, film, commercials, um, print projects, we've done one 
for um, Under Armour recently um, is some of the recent projects. So basically we have talent that we have on all of those different projects on every level. Absolutely, absolutely. So you got to talk about education. I know education and training is very important. So what, what are some of the coaches that you've partnered with? I mean, do you have, like, uh, classes and workshops and things like that you, that you offer? We actually don't offer in-house classes or workshops. We actually have been getting a lot of inquiries in regards to do that, so that is something we're actually going to be offering soon. Um, what we usually do since we are a representation agency, we make sure that if any of the talent does come to us, we do referrals where, you know, any talent that we've worked with, we have a referral basis for photographers, for classes, for schools and things of that nature, um, or if it's ones they're looking into, you know, we do make sure we look into them, you know, to make sure, one, they're legitimate, um, they're going to make sure they get the training that they need, you know, and also as far as whoever the teacher is. So we do want to make sure, you know, we look into that when we, um, you know, send any talent out because, like you said, the basis is you want to make sure that they get in classes or different workshops to basically be able to hone their craft and work on that over time. So we do um, have references that we get, you know, working throughout the industry. Again, when we meet different um, coaches, teachers, managers, and things of that nature that we send talent to. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's very, very important. Very, very important. So I know in this business it's it's really a challenge to, to deal with rejection, and I know a lot of times it's like uh, actors are really professional auditioners. So, what's what's some of the things you tell, particularly your young talent, about facing rejection? I would say one thing we always tell people because you know they some like you said starting out if they're you know new in the industry or maybe they haven't really built you know a representation for themselves or a resume you know when they go in they're thinking oh you know you have all these people here different looks you know a different experience level so you know they're not too sure you know if they'll get the role or they already start kind of getting cold feet for their auditions but we always tell them you know every time you go in always do the best you can you know like you said that one part will be there you know when that one part comes for you you know whatever type of character you are if you're a comedic character or you know um you have more of those character look roles when that role comes for you you know definitely kill the audition for it you know and in the meantime that's just you practicing but again it's no don't ever look at it as rejection always look at it from a, like a learning standpoint so whatever you can do the next time to do better you know or turn whatever the negative was into a positive but always look at it as something you can build from and learn from never rejection because like i said at that time everything you know what they look at as rejection is just really learning. So when they do get, you know, to an audition for that role that they'll land, all of that, you know, before definitely paid off to kind of help them understand this is, you know, what I need to do. And it wasn't rejection. It was just to move forward. Yeah, I mean, it's like he it's sort of like he didn't fail, but you, you sort of, you produced a result. I, I guess that's, that's right. one way to, to look at it, isn't it? Mm-hmm. It's like you said, in this business, you know, you're going to get some yeses, you know, some no's when you go on auditions because, again, for every type of audition, the casting director is looking for something specific. 
you know, so you have all looks, like you said, across the board of what they're looking from. So you're not going to always get a yes. You know, we do have, you know, you'll have talent where maybe you've gone on six auditions in a row and you might have been lucky and, you've, you know, you've got all of the six auditions and then let's say one, you know, the next time you didn't, you know, and then they might say, oh, no, you know, my, my streak failed. It's not that. It's Again, it's a larger scale that you have to look at. And like I said, with so many people audition, what the casting director is looking for, it might not even have been that you might have done a bad job on your audition. It might have just been what they were specifically looking for. So you can never, you know, take it like personally, unless it was just something, of course, you didn't deliver. You know, you felt maybe you didn't remember your lines or things of that nature. Yeah, yeah. Preparation is just so, so important. So I know that you you represent a a number of different uh, classes of people. I mean, you got children and you got adults. Uh, I mean, it looks like you do a little bit of everything. You got, uh, I think, you print, TV, film, and everything like that. So, talk a little bit about uh, some of the print work that's available. I know that uh, the the print the print world, I think it's really changed, hasn't it? Is it is it more? Are they looking for the matinee idol look when it comes to print, or is it more like ordinary people? It's honestly, it's both. Um, it just honestly depends on the client as far as print. For instance, like you say, you know, if we're doing something for Under Armour or um, something for Toyota, for along those lines, sometimes they do look for everyday average people. It just honestly depends on what message they're trying to portray. Um, sometimes you have it where they might be looking specifically like for a model look with the actor or actress, or like you said, you know, with the children, you know, just the cute look. So honestly, it depends really on the message and the type of particular advertisement because sometimes they might say, hey, we want a real people look, you know, or sometimes we do want that model look so honestly it depends across the board and the great thing about it is you know we can use anywhere from children you know to seniors you know and it, they always are looking for someone you know um, ethnicity wise you know across the board so they're always looking for something different you know in a large minority and majority of you know different individuals and looks absolutely absolutely so I mean, but how much print worker is it really? I mean, it seems like it's, it's a good gig because if you, you get a print job, that's awesome because sometimes you, you get, uh, like, you'll get uh, the buyout or you get uh, a little bit of change like a year later. So uh, how, how powerful do you see uh, print work here in Maryland? Um, in Maryland, locally, we act. We work with Maryland talent, but we also work nationwide and internationally. So it's kind of a mixture um, because a lot of our talent does travel as well. But honestly, like I said, again, it's really based on the client um, because they might be some projects, you know, depending on how small or large the business is, where maybe they might do a one-time buyout. Um, sometimes they just do, you know, an initial fee. So, again, it's we work, you know, we try to help and work with clients' budgets, and we want to make sure, you know, all the talent can get exposure in different projects. Um, but here in Maryland, um, I would say, honestly, it's it's a minimum, but it's usually like the same higher companies that you see that are always looking across the board. And like I said, a lot of it is honestly not local. You know, you have to travel, but there are a lot of agencies here, like I said, as far as the companies that are looking for um, to use talent for their businesses and promotion. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, and then what about uh... – Films. Now, do you deal much with, I know you deal with government and major films, but what about some of the smaller films, like the indie films? Do you do anything with indie films? 
Yes. So basically um, we want to make sure, again, like I said, all of our talent coming in, they might come in totally having no experience at all to maybe, you know, having three-page resumes, so to speak. Um, So we want to make sure that that while they're learning it and getting their experience in as well, we can't just send them, you know, technically to a featured film and expect them to get cast as a lead role. So they have to slowly, you know, build their resume and get their experience. So we do have, we do work with, you know, independent films, small films, things of that nature as well, um, because of one, like I said, the talent that we do cast, we want to make sure that they can get the training in and that they also have a role and also to support um, the local, you know, indie film groups as well. So we do work across the board no matter how, we don't even want to say small, but any projects, honestly, because sometimes, you know, based on just the type of project that is maybe, you know, like a horror or something, a lot, some talent might just like those type of films. So we do work, again, across the board with any type of project. Exactly. Exactly. That's great. So let's see, the switchboards are really lighting up here. So I see uh, my man uh, Rick Kelvin Branch is on the switchboard, so let me bring him in. Let's see what he has to say. Hey, Rick, what's going on, man? Hey, how you doing? Fantastic, fantastic. Good, good. Yeah, man, so uh, you got the uh, question or comment? Uh, yeah, I was listening to Marquita, and I agree with everything she's saying. You know, the biggest thing that I can see is networking and getting out there and letting people know that you're out there because that's mainly how I've been getting projects that I've been getting is because people have been dropping my name and and people have been hearing it and they've been contacting me and Marquita contacted me and I got lucky and got into a, a project that when I tell people they're like, wow, how you do that? And then when they see it, they're like, oh man, you did do that. So like I say, it's, they agree with everything Marquita's saying. It's all about networking mainly and building up your resume, which is what I'm trying to do. Excellent. Excellent. Yeah, you got to build those credits, man. Yes. Right now, that's more important to, well, money's important, but building up credit is, right now for me, is the main importance. Because it'll pay off in the long term later on. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, that's right. So, uh, Marquita, you have anything to add to that? Um, definitely what he said, you know, one of the things, you know, big thing is networking, you know, definitely with new talent. Um, a lot of people, you know, they always ask me, well, how do you get started, you know, in the business? You know, and that's one thing, you know, putting yourself out there networking, you know, you might have little knowledge or experience of the entertainment industry, but you can meet someone, you know, with vast experience or you meet a lot of people, you know, and you're able to put all their information, knowledge, and their experience, and you can kind of learn from that or at least kind of get a segue of, you know, what you need to kind of move forward in the business and things of that nature. So definitely. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Okay, Rick man. Well, thanks for calling. Uh, no problem at all. It's very oh, right. informative. Yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. Okay, so let's bring on. Do we have another caller here? Hello. Hello, you're on the air. Hello. Yeah, who's on? Who's on the line? Uh, Philip D. Bauer. Hey, Philip. What you doing? What's going on? Okay. I just wanted to give a call real quick because I know Makita was going to be on, on the air tonight. And uh, 
she's put me in touch with a couple of opportunities, and, um, and most recently uh, uh, a show called For My Man for TV One. And uh, unfortunately, I had a short-lived role because I got shot, <laughs> killed. So, <laughs> but anyway, I just I hope she does well, and I hope she you know has some future jobs for me. And and I appreciated the professionalism that she showed in getting me that position and getting me that role. Fantastic, fantastic. Okay. Anything else? Yeah, that's about it. How you doing, Marquita? I'm doing wonderful, Phil. How are you? Okay. Anyway, have a good night. Uh, but I, anyway, I'm having a great one as well. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'll be calling you tomorrow to see what the response was. <laughs> no problem. I'll talk with you then. <laughs> okay. All right. Have a good night. Fantastic. Okay. So we have a couple more callers here. Let's see. Number four five three. Hello. It's taking a second here. Hello. Hey, who's how you doing? Line? Lion Buckley. All right, who's this? Oh, hey, Lion. What's what's going on? Oh, uh, thanks for calling <laughs> in, man. All right. How you feeling? Okay. Pretty good. Pretty good. How you been? I've been doing good, man. I've been following you. You're awesome. Well, you know you my. You're my boy anyway, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> you have a uh, question or comment for us? Yeah, well, you know what? I really had, um, I, I, I don't know if you know this, but um, um, I started with ECE. Um, Marquita is actually um, the person who got me into, like, uh, my one of my first roles uh, as far as acting. Um and I, I really, I, I, you know, I heard that she was going to be on, and I, I just wanted to like thank her because I don't, I, don't, I really don't think, I don't know if I ever really, really thanked her. Like, like, you know, and this is my way of kind of like showing my appreciation to her. Like, I, I want to make it known, like, publicly, like, like this is the person who, who got me into the business and um, really, like, like helped me out a lot, and so much to the point where, like, I, I pretty much begged her to be my manager um at that point be um but she's done so much by me man and I'm and I like to say to her I'm I'm grateful and and thank you. Thank you so much fine for calling. It's definitely much appreciated to hear that and again it's a pleasure working with you as well and definitely you know helping you out to you know get to where you want to be in the industry with your dreams. So definitely much appreciated. Yeah, you know, you know, uh, Lion, we we gotta, you, you know, I, I just can't let that go. So you said you 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 begged her to 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 represent you. So so talk a little bit about that. I mean, how did that? I know it worked out well for you, but like, just be a little bit more specific, man. What what some of the the, the great um, bookings that uh, you got from this agency? Um, you know, I I had um, the the funny thing is like um, I kind of let let's say like. I, I heard about her per se, you know, like 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 through friends or whatever like that, and um, I talked to her about it, and she she kind of said, you know, well you you should really think about going into it, and it was something that I really wanted to go into anyway, and um, you know I I kind of like kidded around with it, you know, like I I do want to do it per whatever, and um, she said, well you know let's 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 get it done, you know I I'll, I'll put you out there and see see what what we can do. 
And um, she actually hit me back and said, I got something for you. And I was like, wow. Like, like it was like immediate, almost like right, right after we talked about it. And um, it was a movie called uh, Soulmates, which was like my first, my first movie. And um, I went in and, well, first, actually, I auditioned for Marquita Per Se, you know, because she wanted to see if I can actually act first. And um, um, <laughs> she said, you know, yeah, she said, you know, you're really good. You really should do this. And then, like I said, she went out and she she, she found me something. And then um, I went in, I did the audition, and I I did not fit the look that they were looking for, but the guy liked me so much that he actually wrote in a part for me to be in the movie. And um, um, he wrote in a part for me, and that was my first movie um, with uh, Sean Anthony. And then from there, I met so many people. From there, it kind of took off, and then I, I, I went and did other things. Um, um, you know, the, the guild I did uh, with uh, Terrence Howard, and then I started meeting more people, and then, you know, things became word of mouth, and then she kind of, like, like, like kept snagging things for me, and, and I, it just got better and better and better, and then um, eventually she she did, you know, kind of uh, cave in, and uh, I'm, I'm very happy to say that she's, she's actually my manager now, so I'm, I'm, I'm very happy about that. Excellent. Excellent. Okay, Ryan, man, it's great to hear from you again. Yeah, always a pleasure to talk to you, my man. Always. All right, likewise. And um, okay. Marquita, thank you again, and um, um, I will talk to you soon. <laughs> no problem. Again, I appreciate it and all your hard work and effort. So we'll definitely be speaking with you soon. All right, thank you. Y'all have a good night. All right, good night. Okay, okay, so we're doing pretty good here. So we have uh, another caller, number 672. Let me bring him on in. Hello, who's on the line? Hello? Hello? You guys can hear me? Yeah, you're on the air, you're on the air. How you doing? This is um, Theron Dumas. How are you? All right, Theron, how you doing, man? <laughs> I'm good, man, I'm good. Calling, calling to say same thing. Thank you, Marquita. And I'm actually, I'm laughing because Lion is the one who introduced me to Marquita. And I don't know. We've been, we've been working together now. I want to say a little over a year now. Um, you know, I sent her, you know, my credentials, and evidently she was impressed enough to want to give me a shot. And you know, she got me an, um, she got me a role in. Barbershop 3, and actually on the way back to Delaware from Barbershop 3, um, I, I always tease her. I was like, you should have called me in the morning because she actually got me a role the next day on Tyler Perry's Have and Have Nots, a speaking role nice. to play a police officer, but I was all the way back in Delaware already. So, I mean, but, I mean, she she definitely, if you can keep up, she'll, she'll keep you moving. Because, um, like I said, you had to have and have nots, Barbershop 3, For My Man, True Crime, the Tupac movie, Empire. So, if if, you, if you're if ready to hustle and you can keep up with her, she's definitely the one to call. Nice, nice, nice. Everybody says that. Keep up with her. Yeah, you got, you got to be able to keep up. 
it's a busy, busy business. <laughs> so <laughs> they definitely know, you know, like you said, they'll hear from, you know, I'll call and say, hey, I got something, you know, let's go. Let's get the auditions in. Let's get the photos in. And, you know, let's move and get you this role. So mm-hmm. <laughs> definitely good hearing from you, Theron. Thanks for calling you in. You too, you too. Oh, yeah, <laughs> nah, I wasn't going let to you, let you get this interview without me calling and saying something. Definitely appreciate it. <laughs> Most definitely. <laughs> All right, man. Thanks for calling. All right. You got it, man. Y'all take it easy. You as well. Okay, man. All right. All right now. Bye. Okay. I guess uh, Marquita will take one more here, uh, number 491. Let me bring 491 in. Hello. Who's on the line? Hello. I should order the sandwich if you want me to. Number 491. Who's on the line? Okay, I guess you're just listening. Okay. All right, so, Marquita, so um, let's get back to the interview here. So, oh, so talk a little bit about yourself. How did you get into the uh, into show business? Well, it's a very interesting story. My background, I have a various background with financials, management, business management, things of those nature. Um, again, the initial reason is I love helping people, and it kind of, wielded its way and I guess to kind of work around. Um, so, you know, from, again, I used to do personal consulting as well um, where I would help people, I guess, reach their goals and dreams. Um, so that's kind of how it all started. Like I said, I initially started doing the business management as far as booking entertainers, and then, again, it grew across the board. Um, so, I, again, I love what I do because I'm able to, again, help, you know, the talent that I work with, you know, to achieve their goals and dreams, you know, in the industry. And we're a little different from some of the basic industries because what I'm able to do also with part of the background that I bring, um, we know, you know, as a talent, you have to invest in yourself. And starting out, you know, you don't always maybe have the funds, you know, or things of that nature to fully invest in yourself. So we actually put different programs in place, you know, as far as the way the economy has been where they have to travel, you know, or you have to get a tire for different um, roles. And, again, you know, over time, that definitely gets costly. So we're able to actually put things in place for them to invest, to be able to save up the money to do so, you know, at the same time. So that way, you know, it's not like a burden or they can't, you know, make a role because they didn't have the funds to do, you know, travel for lodging and things of that nature. Um, So I'm able to do that as well, you know, with a lot of the talent. Um, So that's basically as far as my background-wise, like I said, with that. And, again, I just love what I do, you know, to help people. So that's kind of, you know, the back-driving effort, you know, that drives me. And if it's any of the talent that you, you know, that you talk with that I work with, it's, you know, as far as the money thing, I want to make sure they get as much money in their pocket so they can invest. So I do sometimes, you know, I will say, hey, look, I'll waive certain fees, you know, we need to get your headshots done, you know, because we want to make sure that they're fully prepared and they have everything so we can get them in front of the right people. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yep. So uh, we got uh, another person here. Uh, we've got another call, uh, number 839. So let me bring them in. Let's see if they have a comment or a question for us. Hello, you're on the air. 39. Okay, they hung up. Oh, oh they're still there. <laughs> Hello, who's on the line? Hello, okay, so I guess we'll just give up on that one. 
we will give up on that one. Okay, so we're getting near the end of the segment here. So um, let's talk a little bit about. I'm a I'm a so Marquita. I'm a young actor. Let's say pretend I'm a, a starting out actor. Um, never acted before, but everybody thinks that I I have a I'm photogenic and I have a great personality and I want to get into the acting business. And I come to your agency. So what? What do I do? What what would what advice would you give me when I'm walking in the door? What what how do I get started? Well, for us, we have a little different process. We do a lot of our submissions via online and also through referrals. Um, so I actually don't do basically, I guess, go sees you know at the office as far as that. Everything has to be submitted in regards to that, and we do look through everything. Um, and again, like I said, when we do different showcases and things of that nature, we may seek out talent. So let's just say for any reason, you know, if we you can, let's say we came across you, I'm at one of the showcases. The main thing, to be honest, when I do look for, like you said, you know, you have a nice look, you have a great personality, I personally take that, you know, the passion, the dedication, the willing to work above all else, you know, definitely with someone new in the industry because, as I say, you can always, quote, unquote, you know, learn, you know, and practice if you're dedicated for the skill. So, you know, the main thing you would want to make sure you have is to be prepared, you know, make sure you have a great headshot, um, make sure, you know, you have a monologue ready so I can at least, you know, see, hey, can you act, you know, and again, we can always build on what you have. So it also, it just honestly depends on the talent, maybe where I'm meeting them, you know, how they submit it and things of that nature, because if I just maybe just see a resume, I can't really fully go off of the resume, so I always tell talent, you know, to make sure if you um, don't have a video reel yet, you know, do a monologue of yourself. You know, do a few things so that way um, any directors or any agents that you're sending your information to can see you in action since you're not technically, might not be in front of them to represent yourself. Yeah, and, you know, reels are so important. And, uh, you know, it's real important that uh, actors, in my opinion, figure out how to basically do the editing. And, you know, editing software is pretty affordable now. It's not that difficult to kind of grab a, some editing software and start cranking. But now as uh, somebody that's looking to represent people, what's some of the things that you're looking for uh, in a reel? What, what, what stands out when you look at a reel? One, I want to make sure it's realistic and believable. Um, when you're doing roles, um, you don't want to ever, you know, go over the top because, again, you want to envision if you're on the TV, you know, in a show and I'm watching you, can I believe what you're doing? So that's the first thing, you know, I want to, it has to be, like you said, you know, even though you're acting or you're in a character, you want to always make sure, you know, it's believable, it's not over the top, and you don't ever want to give, you know, too less, because you can't, you know, come up from that. Usually, you know, you can give a lot, and we can say, hey, you just tone it down a little bit, you know, or tweak it, but you always want to make sure, like I said, you know, it's definitely realistic. We want to see variations. Sometimes you might, you know, let's say you have a talent who specifically, you know, their craft, their niche is probably just comedy. Then they need, you know, then stick with comedy for the while. And again, as you build as an actor, we can, you know, make you more versatile. But if you know, hey, that's where I'm good, then that's what you need to stick with. You know, if you know, hey, I can be versatile, you know, I'm kind of like the emotional character. I know I like a lot of the drama. You know, you want to stick to your niche definitely starting out because, honestly, they're going to, a lot of the casting directors, they may typecast you off of your look. 
um, or, you know, what you're bringing to the table, no matter even if, you know, you can do comedy, you can do drama. So, you know, honestly, starting out, I tell a lot of people, find what you're good at first, let's work it in there so we can get you seen, and then we'll show the, you know, the rest of the scale of your acting. But that's usually how it goes because you always get, you know, typecast. So you want to stick with, you know, what you can bring, what you have, and you can enhance on at the beginning coming in. Absolutely, absolutely. And uh, do you have a preference as to how the reel is actually put together? I know everything's streaming now, so that I, I would imagine you get a lot of uh, like a lot of things in Dropbox and WeShare and things like that. Um, for video reels. Um, basically, you want to make sure, again, the quality, I tell you, right, make sure, you know, it's quality, it's professional, you know, because sometimes it might take you, let's say, two, three years, if that, if not longer, sometimes to put it together, you know, to make sure you have the right clips. Um, but we take it through Dropbox. You do want to make sure it's in a, you know, a video format, it's something clear that they can see as well. You know, and they have a lot of media sharing um, software that you can send, like you said, Dropbox drive, things of that nature, but we do want to make sure it's accessible. Sometimes we also want to have the raw file if we need to do any edits or things of that nature just on how clients may ask for it. But you don't, um, and then I know sometimes people put it on YouTube and send links as well, so people have it different ways. And, again, you want to have multiple versions of it just depending on how your agent or whoever you're submitting it to needs to see it or how they need to share it to somebody else. Yeah. Yeah, and I've also uh, been told that uh, the reels is basically. I think a lot of people, a lot of actors, they make the mistake of featuring other actors in scenes and make. You got to make sure that you're the one being featured. I mean, that that's a Definitely. that's another big one. Is that yeah, that uh, right. you don't have the scene that that's like it's a whole a whole bunch of people there, two or three people, and you're not really the focal part of that scene. Exactly. Right. You don't want to take away from, like you said, so that's why, you know, it's key when you do select, you know, if you, you know, selecting those scenes to make sure that you stand out. Like you said, you know, you don't have someone else in there where maybe the casting director who's ever looking at it lose focus and starts looking at the other actor because that means, you know, they're no longer looking at you or either that actor could have stole the scene, so to speak. But that's why it's imperative, you know, definitely to pick the scenes, you know, that you're in to make sure they're pivotal scenes, you know, or definitely that shows your range um, and shows the um, casting director who's ever looking at it that you do have a broad range. So that's definitely imperative. No, absolutely, absolutely. Okay, and uh, so we're coming kind of near the end here. So I just wanted to talk about... And I was looking at your website, uh, Marquita. It's it's very, very professional. Looks very, very um, compelling. I like the pictures you have on here. So talk about this. I'm I'm gonna invent another, I guess, a hypothetical person. So let's say I'm. Uh, mm-hmm. Oh, I'm recently retired. Uh, I've always been in community theater. I'm a theater guy. I'm retired from the state government. I'm looking at your website here. Mm-hmm. So. What should I do with your website? I, I see bookings. I see representation. How, how do I get started? So on the website, one thing, again, that I said we do a little differently, we're an actual talent agency. We're not a casting agency, but we're located in Maryland, even though we do, of course, cast locally and nationally, internationally as well. So what we've actually done is we've opened up a section, what we call public talent, 
um, where we're able, because we know how hard, again, it is to get started in the industry. And like you said, people ask us all the time, how do I get started? You know, can you represent me? You know, can we work with you? You know, how do I get started? I just want to, you know, work, get on different projects and things of that nature. So what we've actually done, and that's on the website, is um, talent is allowed to create a free profile where they're in our database. So when we do cast for any larger projects or things of that nature, we can actually reach out to them. So even if they're not represented through us, or for whatever reason at the time we haven't we have someone maybe already in our roster that looks has a similar look, we can still work with them again or they can still, you know, in that time build their resume. So what happens is sometimes we may have talent who's in the actual what we call public talent database and we might work with them, you know, several times and they might not have had a resume initially and might have applied for representation. But once we work with them, you know, we see their work ethic, we now may approve them to be represented. So they basically, anyone new to the website, they can go on there. They can set up to get a free profile um, on there. And, again, they can use the photos. They're in our database. Our clients can see them. The agents at the office can see them. I can see them. So, again, like I said, when I'm casting for local projects, large projects where we need a lot of people from, we can go right in there. So they definitely want to make sure, you know, they have, again, going back to the headshots, they have, you know, great photos in there. You don't want to put any candid photos. You want to make sure they're all professional because that's something else that we're going to look at, you know, going in there. Because, again, the only thing we have to go off at that moment is going to be your photo or your resume. And then, of course, the information is on there, um, the different divisions that we represent, children, athletes, actors, actresses, models, entertainers. Um, and it lets you know basically what you need to submit, to vid- going back to the video reels, if you don't have video reels, to make sure you submit your clips, your headshots in your resume um, for representation. So that's on there as well. Right, right. And what are some common uh, headshot and resume mistakes? I would say for the headshots, a lot of people, the first thing is you don't want to do too much of a glam headshot. You want to make sure it looks like you and it's not over-edited. So, you know, you want to keep it nice and simple. Um, so a lot of people, sometimes you'll have people, they might over-edit it, you know, or like I said, if you might have models coming into acting, they're used to doing glamour photos, so they may use a glamour photo instead. But, again, you want to make sure it's nice it's and simple, yet clean, but it still represents them. And then as far as resume, it's honestly the templates. Um, as far as following the basics, where they have all their stats on there, and, again, you want to keep it simple. You know, you just want to list the project. Um, your role in the project, and then if they had whoever the director or the production company was, um, for some things, you know, like television and film, you want to keep it so simple where you just put, you know, if it was the lead role, supporting or things of that nature. You don't have to put, you know, dates um, or go in depth about the project or put what you did on there. You just want to keep it simple, you know, and follow the basic information and make sure you have your union status on there, all your contacts or your agent information and your skills as well. Fantastic, fantastic. Okay, so uh, Marquita, it's been great having you on the show. I mean, I, I always like to have people to come on. That's not only, you know, it's not it's not all about uh, entertainment. It's also what I like to call edutainment. And it's, you know, mm-hmm. I've had uh, celebrities on here. I've had uh, all kinds of people. But it's good to have somebody like you who really understand how how the business works. 
Yeah, definitely, and that's what, like, a lot of the talent you have to, you know, coming in, not only do you have to hone your craft, but another thing is, you know, you still need to know to some extent how the business works, you know, when you're dealing with managers, agents, and things of that nature, you know, and you're creating those working relationships, so you still need to know, you know, kind of go, what goes on behind the scenes, so it's always great to know, you know, as far as when you're negotiating contracts for yourself or you're just, you know, work looking into castings, you definitely have to know somewhat of the business end. Okay, goodbye. Fantastic. Okay, Marquita. Well, uh, it's been uh, great having you on the show, and I uh, would we'll definitely have you on the show again. Thank you, and it was a pleasure as well, William. All right. Okay. Fantastic. Okay, so our next guest is Patrick Cole. And he is a actor and former football player, and he most recently played on a show that was on BET, and the name of that show was uh, that name of that episode was Sneaking In, Steal a Mouth. Criminals at Work is the name of the show. It was uh, his episode was based on a true story. In Chicago, Illinois, in July 2009, he played a sanitary worker, and he was part of a, a group of sanitary workers that started digging up bodies and making room for other bodies. It's really nasty stuff. And then back in uh, 2014, in the 40-hour Baltimore Film Festival, uh, he actually took second place, uh, and he played the character Don DeFranco of the the Black Italian Mafia in a film called The Good Shepherds. So I see that uh, Patrick is on the line, so let me bring him on in. Hello, right, Patrick, how are you doing? You there? All right, Yes, man. I am. Thanks for coming on the show. No problem. Good. Fantastic. Yeah, man, yeah, man. So, and then... Uh, so we're just going to jump right in. So the first thing I'm going to ask you is about the uh, the showcase. You had a showcase that's coming up in uh, Chicago. Yeah, um, I was, um, I was, I'm, you know, I'm represented by nine, uh, nine, nine out in um, Leesburg, um, uh, Virginia, and uh, a lady by a scout uh, by the name of um, um, Linda um, Clark. Gainer and uh, Jason Van Dyke uh, scouted me there from a launch showcase, and um, I got chosen to go to Chicago November 4th through the 6th to be in their launch showcase to, um, you know, so so other people can see my talent. Um, like, I guess, um, I guess about 100 scouts will be there, producers, directors, uh, you name it. Everybody will be there at launch showcase. November fourth through the sixth, so I just uh you know, thank God that I was, you know, good enough to get chosen to go to that event. Oh, fantastic, fantastic. Okay, man, so I know you have a couple of clips here. So uh this first clip we're gonna play here is we got one from let's see, Criminals at Work, uh season one, sneak an inch. Steal them out. So before I play it, man, you you gotta set it up. So you 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 really you're really a bad dude in this scene. So just set this scene up. Well, in uh, in criminals at work, uh, I played a guy. I played the star role, Maurice Daly, aka Bear. 
And uh, he was kind of a big, heavy set guy. He bullied his coworkers. He was kind of a mean guy. You know, he was bossy. Told everybody what to do. And um, he was kind of a, you know, a bully on the job. So that's the uh, I did a reactment of him, and it was based on a true story out of uh, Chicago, Illinois. This happened uh, in July of 2009. It's about uh, a bunch of. Uh, Criminals, you know, they try to make more money by digging up bodies and, and putting the other bodies in the cemetery and just dumping the other bodies out. All right, all right. So we got a scene here uh, we're going to pull up. So let's see. Let me see if we can pull it on up. All right, here we go. Alright, hold on a second. Hold on, folks. We have a we're gonna pull it up right now. Here we go. Come on. All right, so that one uh that one kinda of crapped out on us. Uh, let's move on to the other scene. You had another scene in the uh, the Good Shepherd. So this one you played uh, Don DeFranco. Uh, so talk a little bit about Don DeFranco. I know you like to play those gangster roles. Well, Don DeFranco in this movie uh, that I played was a short black feature film that was in the uh, Baltimore Forty Eight Hour Film Festival of, in June two thousand fourteen, and I played the star role of Don DeFranco, who was the head of the Italian mafia, I ordered hits and murders in this uh in this movie here. All right, so let's play a scene from that one. We all know Barry. He worked for me for about twelve years. It's the one fine day he just fucked. For about six thousand dollars. about, um, you know, somebody came to the safe house and uh, stole Don's money, and Don was upset, so he sent his henchmen out to uh, retrieve his money. He, was, uh, he wasn't very happy that somebody stole from him. So when you steal from the mafia, you got to pay with your life. So that's exactly what they uh, sent the henchmen out to do. <laughs> Wow, wow. And folks, you can't see the audio. You can't see the video on that, but then Patrick is like, he's got like a suit on, and he's got like a, a knife in his hand. He's got these guys, they're like terrified of him right there in the living room. He's like waving this knife, man. He's like, he's a bad dude. He's really a bad dude. Yeah. So, Patrick, talk a little bit about that. What, how do you prepare for these roles? I mean, because I know you have the background as a as a pro football player, but 
talk a little bit about how how you get there, how you get there and bring that intensity. Well, acting is is, is something that um that I've been doing for a while. Um actually um I first started uh acting back in um 1995. Um I did a small black feature film that was filmed here in DC uh called uh it was a remake of Citizen Kane and it was by Lone Wolf Pictures and it was uh filmed there here in DC. So I've been doing that since I've been doing the acting in the theater since ninety five. I've done a couple of uh stage plays at Studio Theater now on Peace Street back in ninety five and I kinda left it at the time because I was still pursuing uh my football career, but it was acting is something that I've done off and on uh my whole life. Um now, to prepare myself for the roles, really the gangster roles really come naturally. Uh, I mean, I started playing the gangster roles and the bad guy roles. Um, what I really do is when I, say, for instance, when I'm to Mari Daly uh, in Criminals at Work, I study, the, I study the person's picture, and I try to put myself inside that picture, and I read the whole bio on the person, and I try to feel you know, how the person uh acts and, and talks and uh and, and you know and and, and and um it just comes natural and you know and I just uh I enjoy what I do. You know, um acting is my uh second love now that you know I'm on the shelf, I'm in the hall of fame with the football now, I'm retired. Now acting is uh is 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 my second love now. It's something acting is, is something that you really have to want to do to succeed at it, and um, you have to have the passion to be a great actor, and I definitely have the passion to be one, because the the same passion that I had on the football field that drove me to be a Hall of Famer is the same passion that I put into my acting career, and and so far my acting career is taking off pretty fast, but like I said, to prepare yourself you know, you have to, you know, have the passion and the love and the want to be a great actor. And, um, yeah, you, you got to have that passion. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, man, we we got to talk a little bit about uh, your football career. You were actually in – you were in New York, and I know you were in Dallas. Talk a little bit about that. Okay, my first my first workout ever uh, before the Redskins even brought me in was uh, the New York Giants. Uh, I was in uh, 1990 spring mini camp uh, with the New York Giants, and that was exciting because um, that's the year they won the Super Bowl. I don't know if you remember. Um, that's the year when Houston sang the national anthem, and I hurt my knee that year. If I didn't hurt my knee, I you know it would be a whole new different thing. I'd probably be wearing a Super Bowl ring instead of a Hall of Fame ring. But, um, you know, I got to meet some great people up there uh, when I was up there for the 1990 New York Giants spring minicamp. Uh, Lawrence Taylor went up against him a couple of times in the workout. Um, and, um, and Joe Morris, um, which was the running back back then. Bill Parcells was the coach back then. And, and, uh, the next team you said Dallas. Yeah, Dallas was uh was definitely a blessing. Now the Dallas I was up there uh September fifteenth, 
2007. I was up there for three days, the uh, practice squad up there. And, um, you know, I rubbed elbows with Tony Romo and, and, and Tio up there for the three days I was up there. So um, that was exciting being up there. And I actually uh, was up there at age 39. So a lot of people, you know, they ask me, uh, how did you do that at age 39? I had a trainer named uh, Theodore Washington, and um, he definitely got me in the best shape of my life. And uh, the Dallas Cowboys picked me up at age 39 that year. Man, that's awesome. Most guys are retired. I mean, the average uh, uh, career is, what, uh, three and a half, four years, man. The fact that that's a testimony right there. That's a testimony right there, 39. I mean, that, that it's all well, about I, conditioning. You look at cats like uh, Daryl Green that played for 20-some years and everything. It's right. just not like other sports. I mean, you know, like basketball. Well, basketball, you kind of, you know, uh you know, baseball, you can play fat. You can be fat and play forever. Football is just so so much wear and tear on your body, man. That, that's just really a, a testimony that you were able to play at 39. I, I didn't retire until I was 42. So, actually, I played yeah. until I was 42. Uh, I played yeah. my last team I played for when I was 42 was uh, the Virginia Hornets out of Richmond, Virginia. That was the last yeah. team that uh, I played with, and that was in 2012. So I retired at age 42, and uh, when I retired in 2012, I got inducted into the Hall of Fame in 2014 in Palm Springs, California, which was definitely a blessing from the Lord. And, you know, and uh, I tell you, I, I got something that no one can take away from me, and that's the Hall of Fame. Oh. Exactly. Okay, so let's play this clip. Uh, looks like everything is working now. We had some, I know we had some little glitches there earlier, but let's uh, go into this uh, Criminals at Work. Uh, hold on, folks, hold on. Okay, I, I guess that's that's a mess there. That's, that's kind of a wrap on that one. I, I don't know what happened with that one. Folks, sorry about that again. But uh, <laughs> the folks at iTunes are just not cooperating. So, uh, yeah, we, we might try a little later, but that's that's all we can do with that one. So, man, uh, let's talk a little bit more about um, the acting world. So, um so I know that you have uh you have the criminals at work, you have uh you excel at the gangster roles and things like that. So let's talk a little bit about uh you've got a audition coming up for uh you can be playing uh Suge Knight. There's a movie about uh two pack secure. Let's talk about that. Yeah, I just um I just submitted for an audition. Um they're doing a, um, a movie slash documentary on Tupac Shakur, and I just did the audition in for uh, Shug Knight. And um, I think it's the movie's being done down in Atlanta. And um, I'm I'm pretty sure that um, 
I can play the the role of Suge Knight better than anybody because, um, like I said, Suge Knight was definitely a true gangster, and um, that's that's why I shine at playing gangster roles. So he he um, he definitely will fit the character that I will play. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Have you ever played against type? Excuse me? Have you ever played against type? In other words, you played, you know, instead of playing the more aggressive kind of cats, have you ever played somebody that's more kind of like more laid back like, you know? Well, um, um, I've done a, 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 a theater play uh, down at um, – Studio Theater on T Street back in '95, um, where I played a mild guy. It was called the Boxer. But it was the story was about uh, it was it was it was an Edgar Holland Poe uh, kind of play. And uh, back in '95, I played a boxer, but it was a boxer that I was in love um, with his girlfriend who didn't really want to fight, and she wanted him to fight to uh, to make a lot of money. And he was the kind of guy that was good at fighting, but he didn't want to fight. So that's the only passive role that I played, and that was that was real interesting to me. It was kind of uh, you know, it was kind of mild man and just a little boring because I, you know, I, I like the action. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I think I heard something here in the background. Let me, let me, let me, let me make this work. Hold on. For some reason, the gremlins are in the machine, man. I just, I don't know what to tell you. I don't know. Okay, Sometimes, okay, okay. Hey, hey, William, you got to step your game up and get some better equipment, my brother. Man, I know, I know, I know. I'm getting, oh, I'm getting it tonight. I'm getting and, it tonight, boy. Well, I'm getting it tonight. As Floyd Mayweather would say, step your game up. Oh, my God. <laughs> you got me. You got me. You got me. I know, I know you heard it in the background. I know you heard it in the background. It's like yeah. I have this East German equipment here, and it just it. I know you heard it. I know you heard it, folks. You got to hear. Well, you know what I'm gonna do when I when I do my first big, uh, you know, motion picture that's you know going to bring millions of dollars to the box office. I'm gonna buy you a new uh new some new equipment for Christmas. <laughs> oh, oh, oh man. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my God! Oh, that's you're not gonna forget the little people. Oh man! Oh my goodness! Oh my goodness! Well, okay. While this thing is deciding to work, you, you see, let's see if we can bring in a caller. Seven three nine. Let me see if seven three nine wants to say something. Okay, you're on the air. Seven three nine. Hello, who's calling? Hello. Seven three nine, going, going. Okay. How about uh three twenty six? Hello, who's on the air? Hello. Ah. Okay, I don't think that's gonna work either. Yeah, I think they kinda had a problem there. All right, Patrick. So, uh, 
Man, I know there's been a lot of controversy going on with, uh, I know it's a little late for this, but what was your whole take on the, the Oscars, man? The Oscars getting, you know, black folks getting shut out of the Oscars. What's, what was your take on that? Well, you know, I got, I, I got two takes on that. Um, you know, um, I mean, we, we've been fighting for years. Maurice Daly. Hold on, hold on. Let's play <laughs> you don't pass to his rhythm. He wanna get you up out of here. I used to threaten us all the time. As a twenty eight year veteran at Fur Oak, Bear delights in throwing his weight around. And the Knicks brothers are right behind him. You work is terrible. The three go so far as to sabotage their colleagues. Like most grass and we know them blades cost a lot of money. And you sticking stuff in the ground for us to hit or loosen up blaze, you can fire. But as a temporary employee, there's not much really can do. I got a family, you know. My son was about four years old at the time when I got hired there. Sometimes you got to put up with stuff until you can overcome. So I just kept my mouth closed even when it was directed towards me. Despite the trio's antics, Willie is determined to make a good impression. All right, all right. All right. All right, you hear that good? Yeah, yeah, it was uh, the scene where I was bullying my coworkers, and I was telling them that uh, their work was terrible. <laughs> yeah, terrible. <laughs> as, uh, Charles Barkley, you... as, from the words of yeah. Charles Barkley, terrible. Terrible, terrible. I saw you. I saw you. Yeah. <laughs> when is the next time that's gonna play, man? What's that? What, 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 uh, how often do they play that? I know uh, there's all these crime uh, reenactment shows. Uh, it came yeah. out. Um, it came out February 17th, and they played it like about uh, four times after that. Oh, okay. Fantastic, fantastic. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. So let's talk a little bit about uh, 99.com. I know you have a, a profile out there, www.n is uh, a Nancy, I is an ice, n is a Nancy, e is an egg, and number 9.com. And then you got uh, your email address, uh, pco4205 at gmail.com. But talk a little bit about nine nine dot com. You have a uh, you have a profile no, out there. Nine nine dot com is the agency that uh, represents me out there in Virginia, and um, they um, I have my now nine nine dot com. If you put in my ID, my talent ID number, which is one zero nine zero seven six, you can see my comp card. I have about. 10 or 15 uh, professional pictures done on that. I have my resume, and I have a couple of headshots. And I also have my bio. So all that is on uh, com. That's nine, the, letter, the word nine, and then nine, and then dot com. And then my talent ID number again is 109076. And if you look under Patrick Cole and you put my talent ID number in, um, like I said, you get my comp card, my resume, two headshots. 
Fantastic. So I think I heard somebody on the line there, number uh, 326. Did you have a question or comment? Hello? Okay, I guess he, he, he hung up. He's back I heard, in the I heard, I heard somebody say that. I heard, <laughs> I heard somebody back there to kind of shy. Speak up now, forever hold your peace. Okay, I guess we'll just give up on that. Yeah, man, so that that's amazing. You know, that that's really amazing that, uh, you know, you're getting all this work and everything, everything's everything's going great for you and everything, man. That, that's really awesome. And uh, it's, uh, it's a big, it's a big, you know, transition from, you know, sports to, to the, the silver screen. I mean, you, you look at uh, Dwayne Rock Johnson, uh, he was down at Florida. Uh, no, I'm sorry, uh, uh, University of Miami. It, uh, Fred uh, the Hammer Williamson, I grew up watching him, you know, in all the, the movies back in the day. You know, Bubba Smith, Police Academy, Brian Bosworth, who I think had a, <laughs> he had like a, a B-movie kind of career. He didn't really... I think that was called the Stone Cold, wasn't it? Wasn't that called I think Stone he had Cold? one good film. He might have had one good film back there. So I mean, that, I could see you in kind of those kind of those kind of films. I mean, what you know of all the uh, of all the sports guys that went into to uh, film. What what some of the ones that uh, you think you could model yourself after? Well, um, I think I think. Um, I think I can model myself after, uh, believe it or not, Fred the Hammer Williamson that used to play with the Kansas City Chiefs because um, he played in a lot of action action movies. And um, and I also can uh, play a lot of parts that Jim Brown played in. Um, see, I'm, I'm good at action-adventure movies and gangster roles. Those are my – those are the roles where I shine at. And um, basically those are roles where those guys shine at too. Um I think um, Fred Hammond Williamson played in that vampire movie that came out back in 2006. I can't remember the name of it. 1996, uh, From Dust to Dawn. It was what? From Dust to Dawn. Man, it's been 20 years ago. Yeah, that's it. believe that? 1996. Yeah, that's it. From Dust to Dawn. Yeah. Now, that's, yeah, 20 that's, years that's ago. the kind of movie. Yeah, Fred Williamson, The Hammer, he played in that movie. And um, that's the kind of movies I can shine in, action-adventure horror movies or action-adventure gangster movies and stuff like that. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's great. Yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. And then what kind of directors do you see yourself working, uh, working with in the future? What kind of, excuse me, I didn't hear you. Would you say? Directors, yeah, that you see yourself working with, that you'd like to work with, that are famous. Um, oh, wow. I'd say it's a host of them. Um, I definitely would like to work with um, um, Steven Spielberg, people, Tyler Perry's people, um, uh, just to name a few. Um, and I think those are like two of the biggest, you know, um, directors in the uh, industry right now. Well, two, two other biggest. I would like to work with those two. Oh yeah, absolutely, absolutely. That's awesome. That is awesome. 
Yeah, yeah. Okay, so uh, we had a pretty good, uh, pretty good segment here. Uh, so uh, we're getting ready to kind of wind down the segment here. So talk a little bit more about uh, how fans can keep up with you and uh, your website and uh, your email address. One, one, one more again. Now to uh, keep up with me, my email address is. Uh, Keycole4205 at gmail.com. That's P as in Patrick, C as in Cat, uh, O as in Opposite, L as in Larry, E as in Edward. Keycole4205 at gmail.com. That's my email. And you can check my profile out with my uh, resume, headshots, and comp card at www.com. Nine nine dot com. That's www dot nine. The le- the word nine is N is in Nancy. I is in is N is in Nancy. E is in Edward. The number nine dot com. And uh, my talent ID number is one zero nine zero seven six. And look under Patrick Cole. You see my comp card. I have about 15 and 20 professional pictures done, and I have a resume, and I have a couple of headshots, and I have my bio. Fantastic. Okay, Patrick, man, it was great having you on the show, and uh, you have a great night. All right. Have a blessing. Thanks a lot. Thanks for having me. Okay. Absolutely. Thanks. And, folks, uh I'll play a word from our sponsor, but before I do, I'll just tell you to do something for your career every day and break a leg. Night. Tonight. Tonight was a good night. You fought well, and for that we have these fortunes. Some say that money is the root of all evil, but I don't believe that. Evil is the root of all money, and you, my big friend, you are evil. I'm Marshall Everett, and I don't always make money, but as a member of Fed Choice Federal Credit Union, I always save money. Fed Choice Federal Credit Union, federally insured NCUA. Membership open to federal employees and their families. Fed Choice Federal Credit Union, a proud sponsor of the Inside Acting Radio Show.